I have one bonus question for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where, tell us the cities you're going to to DJ on your tour. <laughs> you're listening to Health Pilots, where we interview people pursuing new solutions to healthcare in low-income communities. In spite of significant challenges, our guests are passionate and relentless in doing things in a new way. In each episode, you'll hear how they use techniques from design thinking and how they work with tech startups and how they create a culture of innovation in their organization. Every interview offers practical advice and new ideas you can apply today. I'm your host, Chris Conley. Welcome to Health Pilots. Thank you for listening. Welcome, everybody. This is Chris Conley, your host of Health Pilots. And today, I'm speaking with Rosa Doe from the Center for Care Innovations. She's the program manager of learning and innovation there. She has degrees in public health, both bachelor's degrees and master's degrees, um, as well as city and regional planning from the University of California in Berkeley. More importantly, or more interestingly, Rosa's a DJ. She's about to go on tour. Uh, she de- DJs soul, funk, disco, disco sorry, and hip-hop jams in different spaces and places around the country. At CCI, she manages a number of programs focused on building capacity in human-centered design, learning from other industries, and fostering strategic partnerships with entrepreneurs to test and spread new models of care for underserved populations. So I'm really happy to introduce Rosa and welcome her to Health Pilots. Thanks, Rosa, for joining us. Thanks, Chris. Glad to be here. So uh, Health Pilots is all about uh, helping our listeners uh, hear stories of success, uh, trial, um, things that other uh, people have tried in, in healthcare to try to bring a little innovation, uh, improve the delivery of care. And um, since you've kind of been at the forefront of this, I'm really excited to hear from your perspective um, what you've seen, uh, what advice mm-hmm. you give, etc. So before we get into all that, can you just uh, tell us a little bit about your story and how you came to your present role? Sure. So before getting my kind of degrees in public health and city planning, I've actually worked in healthcare for um, about six years, um, actually um, focusing on kind of practice improvement or um, what we call a care delivery redesign, uh, really around improving chronic uh, disease and patient satisfaction. I actually started um, working with a lot of um, commercially insured medical groups uh, and independent practice associations. Um, but my heart was really in the safety net. And so that's kind of why I um, kind of left uh, my job with the Pacific Business Group on Health and previously the California Healthcare Foundation, learning a great deal about the healthcare system and really wanting to dig more deeply into, you know, what it means to. Um, improve not just care in the safety net, but improving health. So that's uh-huh. why I also kind of brought in my focus and and added on a degree in city planning. Well, one, just really fascinated and inspired by, um, you know, the discipline, but also thinking about how our built environment and the design of our communities really shape um, kind of our circumstances and opportunities um, as well as health. And so really bringing those worlds together and also the method. So it was interesting because um, before I was introduced to human-centered design, we were doing that in city planning. Uh-huh. We called it uh, charrettes, 
you know, a rapid idea generation with residents around how to improve our neighborhood. Um, and so we didn't call it human-centered design, but essentially that's kind of what it is, is um, engaging um, our users and the change that they want to see and um, involving them in the design process. And so nice. I'm really, I feel really fortunate to brought that to CCI. Um, I've known Vinu, the executive director, uh, during my days at the California Healthcare Foundation, and she sought me out right before I graduated, and I um, kind of connected with CCI's work in the safety net, and I thought it was a great spot to really bring, um, you know, innovation, design, um, improving um, not only care delivery, but health for underserved populations, and so nice. excited to to be doing this work. Nice. I think there's a couple things that you're talking about that um, are really important. One, um, this whole notion of bringing in different disciplines uh, to your practice. So you have a passion for um, improving health care and the health of people. And you realize maybe, and you know, correct, you if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but you realize that di there's different complete disciplines that impact uh, whether you're able to do that or not. So this notion of bringing in city and regional planning into healthcare uh, is very interesting. And I would really encourage uh, those listening to think about those other disciplines that you're interested in uh, and how you can learn more about them because that can really improve how you approach a given problem. So your experience in city planning of working with people in the community uh, to figure out how the um, how the how the environment could be different for them, how it could be designed better uh, to improve things uh, is some experience now you're bringing here to the safety net. So that's really cool. Tell me a little mm -hmm. bit about your passion for improving health. Um, mm -hmm. I came to, you know, when I started working with you guys, in fact, the California Healthcare Foundation, which I didn't know you were there. Um, when I started working with this whole notion of public policy, public health as a huge discipline uh, mm -hmm. was really opened up to me. How did you Tell me a little bit about your passion in that field. Sure. There's one um, kind of quote that, that stuck with me um, in one of my city planning classes. That It's from the WHO, <laughs> the famous World Health Organization, that asks, you know, we continue um, sending uh, people back into the environments that um, create sickness in the first place. And so it just really made me think that we continue to treat patients and we can optimize our healthcare delivery systems. Um, but if we kind of, you know, send them out the door after, you know, the exam with their physician into, you know, a distressed neighborhood with, you know, lack of access to healthy foods or, um, you know, a poor school system or just, you know, um, you know, unsafe environments. And I mean, there's a lot of factors beyond just, you know, access to care that really that have a real impact on the day to day lives of people. And so I always right. think about, you know, just as a society, we spend so much money in healthcare. What we know makes us healthy, we don't kind of invest. Um, so I think just now with um, kind of new technologies, as well as just um, kind of this infusion of like, of disciplines and approaching kind of health with, with this lens, with this broader lens can, I think there's a real opportunity to make an impact um, in both care delivery as well as really keeping people healthy. Nice, yeah, exactly. So you talked a little bit about, um, you know, the your passion for the, um, for the healthcare field and healthy communities. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what your 
um, pursuing now at the Center for Care Innovations and this this whole notion of fostering more of this activity in the safety net? Mm -hmm. So at CCI, um, what we're trying to do is transform um, care um, in the safety net for uh, vulnerable populations. And so we're actually exploring um, different methods to really build the capacity um, and arm, you know, healthcare providers with the tools, the skills, and the ideas, um, as well as the resources to be able to do that. Um, and so I, I would say that our role is really strengthening um, the healthcare safety net. We don't, you know, work directly with patients, but we think right. kind of the best way is to really support um, the folks on the front lines that that serve patients. And so. What we're doing is, um, you know, a combination of things. One is providing grant funding with the support of large foundations such as Blue Shield of California Foundation, California Healthcare Foundation, the California Endowment, um, as well as providing tailored uh, training and technical support through coaching, um, you know, in-person kind of convenings um, to uh provide kind of the necessary skills around not just um, kind of improving their operations or processes in which they deliver care, but also to um, bring in a new lens of how they approach, um, uh, you know, their most pressing challenges, um, in particular through human-centered design. And so I think introducing kind of this new approach that doesn't um, – I would say kind of add another layer of complexity, but really complements the work that they do already, but just infusing kind of a new lens so that they can explore more broadly or bring in kind of inspirations um, or analogous inspirations that actually um, make a difference um, for the patients that they serve. So developing new and creative solutions. And I think, you know, um, in on top of that, there is kind of this explosion of healthcare technology sure. um, that, yeah. that's out in the field. And so for us at CCI, you know, we noticed that a lot of the technology that's being produced, um, you know, is catered for kind of the large, well-resourced, sophisticated health systems um, who can take advantage of it. But for a small clinic that's, you know, running on tight budgets and, um, you know, low on staff and, you know, just like a patient population that might, you know, that also uses, um, you know, similar technology, you know, it, right. I think research shows that like in terms of demographics and um, so socioeconomic status that they all use smartphones and texting and web enabled platforms and can also take advantage of this. So I think for us, we're really taking the opportunity to kind of scan the field and work with entrepreneurs who really care about serving vulnerable populations and tailoring um, and designing their solutions to meet those needs um, and kind of matching that with with uh, safety net clinics and hospitals who are one excited and interested in pursuing this and two helping to prepare them you know building their team helping them streamline their processes getting things in place so that they can actually kind of test drive these solutions um, and right. see if it's adding value to their work and improving care um, and health for their patients right so can you give us um, three very specific examples of either technologies or 
um, different workflows that you've uh, seen uh, happen in the safety net and that others could p potentially try? Yeah, so one um, specific solution that uh, three of our clinic sites are in the process of piloting um, is called polyglot. Um, and so the way that I describe them is that they're making um, kind of complex, they're, they're combining complex medications with simple education um, to a solution that what they what they call meducation, um, oh, nice. where, <laughs> yep, <laughs> where they translate medication instructions in um, multiple languages. I, I want to say it's over 15 or, or 20 or even more than that, but, um, but providing very simple instructions with, um, intuitive kind of visual diagrams, uh, to help patients one understand when they need to take their meds especially if they need to take multiple um and also to be able to kind of help them stay on top of their 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 treatment um because we see um you know not just in the safety net i think in the healthcare system at large is that it's hard for patients who have multiple chronic diseases on multiple meds to kind of adhere to the treatment that their doctors provide because it's just it's too much to keep up with oh my god it's a nightmare <laughs> it's a nightmare it's, so we want to make not it human centered at all yes. exactly <laughs> and so i think polyglot is really trying to tackle that and um, so how we, does it actually work so what do you can you give our uh, give the audience a sense of what does it take to set this up and give it a try? Sure. What so, do people experience? Yeah. So from my understanding um, is that there's a kind of a, uh, a software interface um, that's connected or integrated to um, the clinic's electronic medical record. Uh-huh. Um, there's the way that we're, we're making it, there's kind of a workaround that we had to do when we kind of tested this out where um, we had to introduce kind of a third party interface so that the kind of the um, polyglot system would be able to pull information um, from the electronic health record at the, at the clinic site okay. and vice versa. Okay. So yeah. I think the workflow is that, you know, a doctor sees a patient, they review current meds or identify that new meds need to be prescribed. Um, there, I believe there's like a trigger or some sort of button um, that a provider, you know, basically presses that then, you know, according to the medications that have been called up, what medication does is then um, kind of pulls together, synthesizes like the instructions along with um, uh, into like a printed format. Uh -huh. Uh, that they can hand to their patients immediately. Nice, like a little uh, handy guide for them for the exactly for the that they okay. can, that they can take home, um, along with you know if there's any other follow up instructions um, that patients can walk away with immediately, so that they don't so that the provider doesn't have to kind of send them off to back to the front desk and, and the wait for and, yeah. yeah and all of that, and so it's okay. very immediate um, and they can have questions answered right away. Nice. So one of the things you mentioned in there was, you know, the need to create this other interface to actually allow it to talk to the medical record. Is it common, you know, I want to talk a little bit about um, the challenges because we know innovation, doing something new that you've never done before, um, is not an easy road. And one of the reasons we're doing these health pilot podcasts is to 
share those experiences and help people overcome those barriers and learn uh, from what the innovation hubs are learning as they pilot these technologies. So is this mm-hmm. a common thing where you see a new technology coming in and all the questions maybe weren't answered uh, before the entrepreneur uh, started working with them or before the technology was adopted? What, what is your what have you seen in that? Yeah, I would say that definitely rings true. I think, you know, having these technologies kind of talk to each other um, and easily integrated into the existing workflow at these healthcare systems is a, is a huge barrier. Because one, um, I think sometimes that can be a real deal breaker, especially in a safety net clinic where providers are um, seeing more patients than they can they can handle and um, having a real need to improve kind of efficiency. Um, that you know, bringing in new technologies is meant to make their lives easier. That's right. <laughs> not not more complicated or take up more time. And so, I think for a lot of these great solutions that are out there, although they might be addressing a real need in the in the patient population, it doesn't really work kind of at the end of the day because um, it's not kind of integrated into the existing workflow or the experience, you know, um, that where the providers are. That's right. So that what, what the doctor actually has to do or the nurse or medical assistant, their experience of using the technology isn't easier and therefore exactly. um, it doesn't get necessarily used right away. I think mm-hmm. for everybody listening, one of, this is one of the whole reasons um, the Center for Care Innovations is funding these innovation hubs is to um, uh, pilot these technologies and show both um, the startup and entrepreneurial and the technology community uh, how to better work and anticipate what the challenges are when you're actually going into implementation. Too too often, um, technology is created kind of in a vacuum, and the innovation hubs provide that context for learning how to integrate those uh, solutions in these um, in these pilot situations. And once some of the kinks are worked out um, to share that more broadly with uh, the safety net and show others how it can be implemented now that the hard work of integration is kind of figured out a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, switching gears just a little bit. Um, so th- this is awesome. Uh, we're learning a lot about uh, kind of the, the work of trying to create um, better patient experience, um, new technologies, the trials and tribulations. Can you share with us Um, kind of as you've uh, done this work over the last three to five years of trying to bring uh, human-centered design, design thinking uh, into healthcare, what's what's one of the big triumphs you've seen or what what have you experienced where you thought, okay, this is really starting to work. That's a great story. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if I could necessarily point to one big triumph, but I would say that um, kind of this unique partnership that's been created with Kaiser Permanente's Innovation Consultancy, Gravity Tank, us, um, and Blue Shield um, has really enabled us to bring in um, kind of this fresh thinking as well as new skills for um, frontline staff at clinics and hospitals. Okay. Um, and it's and the impact, I would, I mean, it's visible in the sense that 
you know, we, we've built this network, um, of safety net kind of innovators and leaders, um, that kind of come back and tell us stories of how, you know, well, one innovation is a priority in their organization. They've made it explicit and visible and they've promoted staff, um, to call out, you know, that, you know, like innovation, you know, there's a director of wellness and innovation or a program manager and that this is important and we want to infuse these skills in our day-to-day work. And so one institutionalizing it, um, I think is a huge success as well as, yep. As well as, um, you know, just having people to show us like the work that they're doing and the impact that it's having to their staff. Um, for example, uh, Luke Entrep, who is one of our rock star champions at West County Health Centers. He started out at Petaluma. He took the skills back to his organization um, and developed like a 10-week kind of training based on our Catalyst program that focuses on building skills in human-centered design and design thinking, trained up staff, got them excited about this uh, kind of new approach, and then brought it over to West County and has done the same thing and, you know, have built this kind of this lean team um, that, you know, has the the latitude uh, um, to try out new things and take risks in their organization, creating that environment for staff to feel safe and to feel empowered yeah. to explore their own ideas. Um, so I so think that's... Yeah. So, you know, you were very modest in, uh, in your introduction of this, but uh, it sounds like uh, there's like two or three, maybe four or five organizations that are uh, on their own adopting uh, this approach um, to figuring out new solutions for care, um, mm-hmm. training their staff in new ways of working. Um, and I think the, the momentum, and I've told this to you and Vino before, the momentum you guys have built um, uh, for the safety net innovation network is really incredible. You know, the, the number of people who attend your meetings goes up over time. It doesn't go down and kind of get stale and then just die away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having been in, uh, philanthropies and funders for a long time, uh, often, you know, the funding ends and then the, the effect goes away, the support mm-hmm. goes away and the, the, there's no change. But I think, um, with those couple stories of somebody who's creating, you know, mimicking and creating their own training for organizations. And even when they moved to a new organization, they were able to uh, do it yet again. It says something about the, um, you know, the value of uh, this approach, the tools and methods that you're sharing. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, just to tie it back to uh, health pilots and the number of things we're going to be doing with the innovation hubs to get the word out and to provide helpful resources. Uh, to ho- to others who want to do this, all you guys listening, um, you really need to. Um, if you find this interesting, you find you want more resources and you want encouragement, um, the Innovation Hubs and the Center for Care Innovation is going to be a great resource for helping you achieve those kinds of successes in in your organizations. So w- with that, we're at about 25 minutes. I want to um, ask you, Rosa, um, what resources um, that uh, you've had that that have been either that you found or created or analogies. What resources turned out to be very helpful to you as you do this work with um, the clinics and hospitals in the safety net? Hmm. That's a hard question because I feel like a lot of what we kind of learn um, and what we take away um, from this work 
and try to spread to others really comes from the clinic themselves. Nice. Um, you know, I feel like we want to um, identify kind of the real lessons and the experiences that are happening in the field and share it with, with others um, who either may be experiencing the same challenges or who we can actually connect them too. I think a lot of our work in terms of, you know, how, how do we kind of spread these resources or what, what resources yeah. do we bring, bring to bear is really uh, through connecting clinics with other kind of like-minded clinics or clinics who are in the same, at the same stage that can really learn from each other. I think we facilitate kind of that peer-to-peer knowledge sharing um, and, you know, collaboration um, that's unique to a lot of other foundations. Um, yeah, I think the, I was going to make that earlier point when you started talking mm-hmm. about Kaiser Permanente and the, um, the number of groups that you've brought together um, and the clinics themselves. So I think this whole notion, I think it's beautifully stated that uh, this, the leaders and staff in the clinics themselves have been uh, the resources that are most helpful to you. Exactly. And I yep. think that's... Um, uh, CCI is so generous with uh, trying to uh, bring stories between uh, networks, share resources across things, and and that as you start engaging with uh, the leaders and staff, um, you realize it's really them that are uh, fostering the change in the safety net, and you're creating yeah. the conditions for doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So that's awesome. And I think it's not natural for organizations to work beyond their own borders. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, Kaiser Permanente to partner with you is a huge testament of the value of the work you're doing. Uh, somebody like Kaiser with um, many more resources than the safety net, but they really saw the value of bringing those same ideas and resources to their own organization. And then both organizations benefit, you know, both both networks benefit. So mm-hmm. that has been a, that's been great leadership. Um, on that. Okay. So one last question. Uh, Mm -hmm. I want you to think about uh, everybody today who's joined us um, and is listening to this on their uh, commute to work. Uh, They just heard about the (laughs) health pilots uh, podcast at a conference and they're, they're listening uh, and they're wondering how they can uh, pursue innovation or get started in their own organization. What advice would you have uh, for them that are uh, just starting out? I would say first, um, in the spirit of human-centered design and design thinking, start with the needs of your users, whether um, it's patients, providers, or staff. Um, you know, when in doubt, kind of I say, test it out uh-huh. and get and get feedback from your users to really understand their needs. And it's more than just kind of having them fill out a survey, but really engaging in a in a real conversation. Um, uh, with them or, you know, observing their work. So just get, getting out there, <laughs> I would say is, is the real advice. Awesome. Um, so l- let's just, let's just stay on that point because I think it's important you said something about, and it's not just a survey. Um, what would you say is the difference between, um, you know, giving your patients or maybe your staff a survey about what they're experiencing and what they would like to see and what you're advocating in terms of really getting out there? What, what is a particular, um, what do you actually do if you're not giving them a survey? Well, what you're doing is you're seeing um, you're seeing 
people in their kind of natural environment or setting um, and what they're doing, you're actually uncovering behaviors um, and and learning. You're getting a much more rich context than seeing the words on a piece of paper um, of a person's response, but watch seeing the actions um, that they're taking along with the words that they're saying or maybe what they're thinking. Um, to get a really kind of rich story behind kind of why why this is a challenge you know for you and you know how can we um, what would it take um, to help nice. change that for you? Yeah, I'll just put I I can't emphasize that enough. I mean it's be it's it's normal for you for you now to say you know you're actually just stopping and watching what's really happening and in most of our organizations. Um, uh, where uh, you know lean practices have uh, and efficiencies, and uh, we've worked with our colleagues for five years, ten years. Um, we overlook what's actually happening. We mm -hmm. overlook um, uh, the day-to-day -day behaviors, processes that we take for granted, but then have huge um, insights and in, sitting in them for how you might be able to do things differently or um, not do some things. Uh, in a certain way and open up a, a completely new experience. And I think the, the key uh, skill there is not judging and mm -hmm. getting out of your kind of role that you play in that organization and assuming you, you're seeing it for the first time. What is our waiting room and check-in admit process really like if we were, you know, visiting uh, from another state and never saw it before. What would what would we see? Um, and building that building that capacity uh, in your organization is really important. Self reflection and self you know seeing what you're doing uh, is a is a great skill uh, that people should take away. Um, if if people want to follow up and learn more about uh, the innovation hubs and what CCI is doing and what you're doing at CCI, how can they reach you? Um, they can visit our website and sign up for our newsletter at um, www.careinnovations.org. Um, they're also welcome to reach out to me at Rosa, R-O-Z-A, at careinnovations.org, and I'd be happy to, to connect them um, with any resources or just to chat more and answer any questions. Awesome. Very much appreciate you um, spending time with us today, Rosa. Uh, you're doing great work, and uh, your leadership is very much appreciated in the in the safety net for sure. Yeah, thanks. This was really awesome. I have one bonus question for you. Uh huh. <laughs> Where <laughs> tell us the cities you're going to to DJ on your tour. <laughs> so I'm starting out in Seattle, driving up Sunday night, um, staying there until Tuesday, and then driving back down to the Bay Area. So I have two shows in San Francisco uh, next Thursday and Friday, and then going down to San Diego and then LA, and then Hawaii. <laughs> wow, what a trip. That's awesome, thank you so much. All right, thanks Chris, bye. Bye. You've been listening to Health Pilots, a podcast that brings you ideas, inspiration, and advice to pilot new solutions for care and the safety net. Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. We hope you take what you learn from the show and try it on your own. For more great ideas and stories, visit our website at www.innovationhubs.org. While there, subscribe with your email to receive our latest content as soon as it's released. Our show is made possible by the California Healthcare Foundation. Visit them at chcf.org.
Health Pilots is a production of the Center for Care Innovations. Learn about all their great work to foster innovation in the safety net at www.careinnovations.org. We'll see you on the next episode of Health Pilots.